0: Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Acting janky. What's been our focus, hey. what's been driving us. I definitely miss my dream. Good, morning. Good morning. Hey Vanessa, Get hey Kaya, hey the Shannon, the hey Sharon. Hey Ch- Tracy, so we can live how y'all doing this morning? Thoughts. Good morning, good morning, good morning Instagram. Amen. How y'all doing? Tonight I want to touch on several things, hopefully. Again, I'm listening to the Canaan Christian Center podcast. Um, you can find them online at Canaan Christian Center there in Pine Bluff. That is my pastor, my apostle, and uh, he's been teaching us on the glory the glory of the Lord and what that means in our lives. And man, I'm telling you, it's just been changing. Oh, t- definite. Now, Casey, I love you, but I'm gonna be honest, I love Mo more. <laughs> Tell Morris, I said hi. Morris is just like a bottle of sunshine. Please tell Morris I said hello. I love Morris like I love Morris with everything in me. He just like sunshine when you see him. My goodness, good morning. she gonna get me for that. But I had to say it. <laughs> I had to say Morris. Morris is gonna Morris gonna love it. But I had to tell my truth. It was like, Morris is like a bottle of sunshine. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha Johnson. LMJ. Yes, I do. I do love Morris more. LMJ. Um, we, we are copying conversations this morning. We are also YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. And if you are catching us later on podcast, we welcome you and we thank you for just for being here with us. We're playing a little bit online this morning. I can just, that smile alone, man, that smile alone. Um, Talking to some of our people who've been with us for like a long, long time. And I'm just grateful. Y'all don't know how good you make you feel how awesome that you can in the morning that you trust me, LMJ, to be able to share a word with you in the morning. I'm so so grateful for this opportunity, so grateful for this time with you. And I do not take it for granted, I promise you, I don't take it for granted. Uh, we've been in this series, um, talking about family and life, Ephesians 6 is so rich um to teach us how we're supposed to live in christ is just rich um giving us the lessons giving the things we need and last last friday if you know you were on here the holy ghost took over oh y'all my let me wait a minute pause everybody knows i have coffee cups i love coffee cups i collect coffee cups uh what you probably didn't know is i'm a washington red skin fan and my best friend came back from washington and bought me a Washington Redskins cup. So shout out this morning to the Redskins. All you Dallas fans will be okay. But I love the Redskins. I've loved them since I was six. So I'm super excited about this coffee mug this morning. My sons are Dallas Cowboy fans and simply asked me not to bring this cup in the house. And I'm like, whatever, get over yourself. They got Dallas stuff everywhere. So I got my red skin cup. So I don't know if she's on this morning even if she's not big ups. And shout out to my best friend for coming through with the ideal cup who is now coming one of my favorite cups. So uh, let's get back to the real matter at hand. We've been on here, and we've been talking about family. We've been on here, we've been talking about family and just relationships and how to become better in relationships, and deal with those so socially awkward spaces. And this morning, I simply said to you, you're going to have to apologize. Like, you're going to have to apologize. And I'm going to show you why. And I think after I show you why, you're going to be like, yeah, I need to go back and offer some apologies. I need to have some conversations. Because often in uh, raising our children, uh, we take this ownership. Uh, We take title, we take possession of them, and we forget without a doubt that they are human, that they are our kids, that they are our gifts, that they don't belong to us and we forget about this and we'll say things or we evaluate our parenting by thinking we're making them successful in so many different ways. And be honest, think about the things that you needed that your parents necessarily didn't provide for you. And it wasn't because they were malicious or mean, hopefully not, it was probably because they didn't know any better. And so we get the opportunity to raise our kids differently. And some of the things that we've been doing with our kids is not biblical. It's not the word. It's not the way God intended us to raise our kids. We've been so out of balance in so, so many areas. And if you didn't know out of balance, uh, parents create out of balance kids. I mean, out of balance parents. I remember, um, one time I was, um, talking to someone and they had made a statement and said, um, you know, I my, my kid is just lying. They just spent a whole lot of time lying. I want them to cut this line out. And when we manifested more in the story, the kids' response was, well, you taught me to lie. And they were like, I didn't teach you to lie. And they were like, yeah, you did teach me to lie. And the reason I'm telling you you taught me to lie is anytime somebody would call for you and you didn't want to talk to them, you would pick up the phone. You know, this is before voicemails. And you would tell me to tell them that you were not home. And so the reality came when they heard that the parent had to kind of grasp hold of that, eat that and be quiet because little lies, little black lies, little white lies, whatever you want to call them are still lies. And so they had set the precedent for a lot of what was going on in their kids' lives. Yep. We have, yeah, that's what I said too, Olive. Um, Yeah, we have, um, to remember they have their own personalities they're born with innately and all that good stuff. Some of this is biological, but a lot of this is also how we nurture our kids. And so a lot of how our kids respond to crises how our kids respond to other people, uh, what we do with our kids. A lot of that is predicated on what we taught them and what we rear them in. And sometimes we do subtle things around them and we don't think, uh, yeah, you know, that's how I feel. All color lies are lies, black, white, whatever you want, lies a lot. Um, we don't think about the things and the precedent and the things that we teach them. And a lot of times we'll say, oh, well, this is just this is different because I'm the adult. Being the adult doesn't mean you get to have bad behaviors that you display in front of them. And then you turn around and anticipate or expect that they would display different behaviors. It doesn't it just doesn't add up because here's the reality It's still like planting seed and what you put in, you're going to get out. So I want to show you something this morning that the Lord showed me. You got to remember that what you put in is what you're going to get out. And that's why the scriptures, the the significant scriptures that I found on raising children talk about teaching, training them, um, bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and not just the instruction of, and I'm going to use my last name, the Johnson's house. So let's pray and get started for today. Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the precious gifts that you've given us of children, whether they be adopted, whether we raised cousins, um, for our own births, Lord God, for just the children that you've given us along the way, we understand, Father God, that they are a precious gift, Father. And we're willing to admit to you, Lord God, that there has been some places in which we have made mistakes. Father God, so first of all, we ask that you forgive us, Lord God, and then you teach us and show us how to seek forgiveness from those around us. Look, we don't want to use excuses anymore. We don't we don't want to just leave things the way that they are. So we're asking for the wisdom from the Holy Ghost on how to restore, repair relationships, but also on how to raise kids the God kind of way, the kingdom kind of way, not based on Lakeisha, not based on this world standard, but based on the way that you called us to be to raise our kids in admon- admonition and the way of the Lord, and in the instruction of the Lord, resurrect every dry and dead thing out out of us that does not look like life, that is not life producing, that is not healthy. Lord God, show us the areas in our heart that do not align with your way and your will concerning our lives and concerning our children. Holy Ghost, we need your help. Lord, we need you to partner with us to help us raise our children. Give us wisdom, give us knowledge for their gifts, for their talents, Lord God. Show us how to be kingdom parents so we can produce kingdom kids, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for your manifested glory in every area of our lives. We thank you, Father God, For your manifested glory. My God, for your manifested glory. Mm. Your manifested glory in every area of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So for those of you who don't have kids, take good notes. For those of you who have kids, take good notes. Um, It's so hard for us to assume we've been the best parents ever. And if you put your, your kids to a blind taste test, I'm pretty sure that your kids would be able to tell you there was some things in their life. Um, there was some things in your life that just wasn't a blessing to them. If you ever got bold enough to allow your kids to evaluate you, if you ever got bold enough to say to your kids, What areas or what places do you think that I've missed it? Um, A lot of times our kids are telling us things that we need from them, but we're not listening to them anyway. Uh, We minimize their complaints. We think that they're not necessary. Um, Even some things that are desires of their hearts. And we just kind of brush them out the way. And our kids are trying to tell you, you need more. Can I share something with you? If you don't satisfy what they need at the house. My God, if you don't satisfy what they need at the house, then they're going to go get this somewhere else. They're going to get this from somewhere else, that if you don't satisfy what they need in the house, if you're not giving them what they need, if you're not developing them in the house, if you're not pruning them, if you're not grooming them, if you're not loving them correctly in the house, if you're not giving them that what they need in the house, I'm just being real with you. They're going to go get what they need from somewhere else. So if you don't want your kids, want to get what they need from somewhere else, then you're going to have to give them what they need in the house. And this is not just all the worldly possessions. And this is not just exposing them to all the different classes and all that other stuff. So not what I'm talking about. This is providing them and raising them in the instruction of the Lord. So when the pressures of life come in, man, they got something that'll hold them. They got something that teaches them. And this is not just taking them to church and exposing them to religion. This is them teaching them to have a relationship with God at a different capacity and a different level. This isn't you being God in their life. This isn't you allowing them to be God in your life. This is what it looks like to raise children in the admonition of the Lord, in the strength and the courage of the Lord. I told you God didn't expect us to raise our kids lawless and without instruction. The world has a standard and we should have a standard. Our kids have their own personality, but I told you they are composed of the environment that they come from. Whatever you pour into your kids is whatever you're going to get out your kids. So if you're cool with just where you are with your kids, that's fine. I'm always looking for ways to grow in my relationship with my kids so that I can make sure I've given them everything. Are you gonna be perfect in this? Absolutely not. But the way that you teach them to honor and obey is how you honor and obey. Can I tell you something? Ephesians 6 and one and four, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor does not stop in adulthood. Honor does not stop in adulthood. The the obeying thing changes um, as you mature into adults. But honor does not stop in adulthood. I promise you, if you got honor issues, your kids going to have honor issues because they're going to watch the relationship between you and your parents. That's why there's not there's not you're not supposed to do everything in front of them. If you're not going to do it with explanation, it says so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. And then it says fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord, Psalms 94 and 12 says, blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. The word discipline comes from disciple. So can I tell you something? When you're disciplining your kids, oh my God, that's good, Holy Spirit. You're discipling them. Your kids become your very first disciples. Your kids, hear that, put a pin in that. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, your kids become your very first disciple. Some of y'all will say things like, oh my gosh, I wanna be a witness. I wanna go and I wanna grow and I wanna do all this stuff for God. Well, guess what? Your kids become your very first disciples. The very first, when it says discipline, root word disciple, your kids are your first disciples. Your kids gonna learn whatever you've learned about God from you, whatever relationship you have, all of that that your kids get within them. Is going to come from you so they're your very first disciples so your responsibility to them spiritually my god you gotta evaluate yourself and say according to the word am I discipling my kids appropriately man that's enough for you to sip on <laughs> I mean I'm just real am I discipling my kids appropriately am I raising them in the truth of kingdom am I raising them in the way of the Lord am I raising them the way that God intended me to raise them? Or am I raising them based on my own truths, my own merits, and what I deem to be appropriate? And here the Lord is saying, no, I need you to teach them to conform to the image of Christ, not to the image of yourself, to the image of Christ. And sometimes we want to raise our kids to be little bitty usses, and they don't need to be little bitty usses. They need to learn how to be raised in the image of christ so that when we depart when we're no longer here on earth the word is long lasting in their lives yep you want to teach them good work ethic christ had all that yep you want to teach them moral characters they're going to pick up on your personality traits but at the end of the day you want them raised or conformed to the image of christ so they're the, you're the first disciples and as they're, they're being the first disciples then you're supposed to teach them Proper, consistent discipline brings a harvest of righteousness. Proper, consistent discipline brings a harvest of righteousness. So as you're properly disciplining your kids within boundaries, which in framework, and I'm getting ready to show you something, because this is why I say you may have to apologize. I had to do this. I had to go back and apologize to my adult children and say to them, "I I was an okay mom, but I wasn't the best mom. There was some things that I thought I, I took ownership over some things. I was out of balance of some things. We taught you a whole lot of religion. We taught you a whole lot of church, but I did not teach you to have your own independent relationship with Christ and what that looks like. And so I I called uh, Josiah and Judah my do overs because they're so late in the game. That the 15 and the eight year old, well, he's nine, he turned nine yesterday. The 15 and the nine year old, I feel like are my second chances to get this together, to get this right. And then I've had to repent and reset and go tell my older sons, look, mom messed this up in some ways. Mom messed this up in some ways. And I need to show you what this really looks like in this place as your mother. So remembering that failure the discipline results in dishonor for both parent and child. And that's Proverbs 10 and 1. Proverbs 13, 32, 15, 32 says the one who ignores discipline despises himself. The one who ignores discipline despises itself. So if our children are in heritage of the Lord, which is what Psalms 127, 3, great is their peace and undisturbed composure. It's going to be that way. And it's going to get that way because we as parents remember that they are disciples. That we're discipling them that we're giving them instruction and raising and rearing them in the admonition of the lord that's what proverbs 22 and 6 says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it it doesn't say along the journey he will not depart it says when he's old he'll come back to the root of what you have put in them they'll come back to the root of what you put in those seeds have to manifest and i know some of you are like man I had a case or my child died or I mean, it's just all different things. But I'm telling you, if you keep calling on that seed through a harvest of prayer, baby, if you keep calling on that seed through a harvest of prayer, you're going to see God begin to do something. I mean, just overwhelmingly for the relationship with your children. And, and Friday, we pray for if you didn't see Friday's devotional. We pray for restoration. We pray for just all kinds of things for one. So we're training them up, we're putting them and asking yourself, am I good at doing a good job disciplining my kid so that they reflect Christ? Or am I teaching them to be moody? Am I teaching them to be judgmental? Am I teaching them to be condescending? Am I te- what am I teaching them? Am I teaching them to be lazy? Am I teaching them to be slothful, right? You you like if your house is a mess, your kids' room gonna be a mess. It's just it's like a no-brainer for some of this. Am I teaching them to be gossipy? What am I teaching them? Am I teaching them to be good stewards of their time? What am I teaching them? How am I raising them? How because you can't put an input; it's input, outputs, and then outcomes. Right results from it. You can't put these inputs expect a different output, and then your outcome result is looking different when you know you haven't put absolutely anything into really raising your kids you got to be real you got to be real and you can't put emphasis in some of your kids raising some of your kids and not putting emphasis in all your kids it's got to be a balance it it's got to be a balance to it and sometimes we get a particular kid who just kind of grabs our hearts because they may be more like us you don't get to have favorites you don't get to have favorites you get to meet different needs because every kid is different but you don't get to have favorites you don't get to pick and choose who you're going to pour more into and who you're not going to pour into based on behavior. It's just a bad reward system. And you'll teach siblings to hate each other. Man, this thing goes into so much depth and teaching parenting and uh, parents class. I've been in children's and youth ministry and mentoring man for over 20 years now. And I've just seen some things. And so I want to cover and talk about this last thing, what it means to provoke. And this is important, and I think this is where a lot of us have been missing it, what it means to provoke our kids. And so I'm going to give you the definition provoke, to incite, to anger or resentment, taunts that provoke their rivals, to stir to action or feeling a remark that provoked me. To consider something, um, to give rise to bring about miscue, something that provokes last laugh, laughter, to bring about deliberately, induce, provoke, provoke a fight. Um, a friend of mine, one of her, we were talking the other day, her daughter has been dealing with low self-esteem. Her daughter has been dealing with low self-esteem. And so she was showing me something she did. She said, I teased her about her toe, because she has this long toe. And I said to her, you know that wasn't cool, right? And she was like, what do you mean? I said, it's not cool for you to tease her when she's already dealing with low self-esteem. That's a provoking, that's a provoking. Um, Harassing your kids, that's a provoking. Talking down to your kids, That's a provoking, cussing your kids out. That's a provoking, belittling your kids. That's a provoking, Um, picking at them for their weaknesses. That's a provoking, finding those things, harassing them, badgering them because they did something wrong over and over again that's a provoking those are ways that you provoke your kids your kids you do not own your kids (laughs) your kids are still human that's a provoking manipulate mentally manipulating your kids saying things such as um um like um don't you don't want to treat me like that that's mental manipulation You know, I've I've done all I can for you. Look how I provide for you. You're supposed to provide for them. You're supposed to provide for them. You're supposed to provide for them. Somebody just asked me a question. What about your adult child seeing wrong? Even when it's your adult child, it still don't need to be a provoking. And for me at the place when you're dealing with adult child, you gotta be, be you got to be careful on how and what you choose to say to them. Remember they're still an adult and getting in position in prayer, there, there is so much that we can do through prayer and making sure we live in by example. But provoking our kids, inciting them, deliberately inducing things to provoke a fight or pull something out of them is never cool. It's, it's never it's never cool. But most of us have done it. Most of us have harassed our kids. Most of us have teased our kids. Most of us have even thought, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to prepare you for how the world treats you. No, your house is supposed to be not how the world treats you. Your house is supposed to be a place of safety. I should be able to run home if I can't get nowhere else. I have to be And, and I have to be able to run home. When I can't get nowhere else, you have to have balance. For those of us that are bosses and CEOs, there has to be a drawn line. My son said something to me one day. My oldest son called me. He needed to talk to me about something. And I went into pastor preacher mode. And I started talking to him. And he paused me. And he said, Mother, I don't need the pastor. I don't need the preacher right now. I need my mom. I need you to listen to me. And i was like oh my gosh and i had to pull back because my dad is a pastor and i remember saying this exact same thing to my dad i just need you to be my dad right now and listen and if we're teachers or whatever our role is outside the house. This even happens in marriage. Sometimes we transition those roles into relationships and we handle those roles at that capacity. And our kids are looking for us to be, we life coach mode, we all this other mode that we're in. And our kids are like, I need need you just to love on me and to care me. I need first Corinthians 13, four and eight to be in this relationship as well. And so this provoke thing happens all the time. And then as adults, we don't even come back and apologize because our mentality, our haughty, arrogant mentality is, well, they are kids. Well, here's the reality of what I'm going to tell you. They didn't ask to be brought into this world. They were born for such a time as this. But if you're off purpose, if you're off not understanding who they are, you'll, Yeah, well, I I brought you into this where I provide for you. I cook good. You should. Good. You should provide for me. Good. You should cook for me. Good. You should clothe me. Now, if they weigh off somewhere, they're not do the elaborate extra things that we tell. I, I remind my kids all the time. Your cell phone is a privilege. Your cell phone is a privilege. Your video games. Those are privileges. But I'm do your basics. You do your basics. You you do your basics. And I don't get to lord over and dog you out about the basics. I don't get to talk to you about the basics. I don't get to trip on you about the basics. I don't get to make you feel like you owe me something because I provided you with the basics. I'm supposed to. I'm your parent. I'm supposed to. I'm your parent. I'm supposed to do you that. God gave you to me to be responsible over. And if I'm going to love you, because if I'm going to love you, I'm going to teach you in Christ and I'm going to be the first disciple. The first thing you encounter. I owe you. that. <laughs> I owe you. I owe you up until you 18 or to whatever. I owe you that. And then at 18, if you know you got a kid that's not mature enough. Right. yet. You may owe them a little bit longer, but I owe you that. And I owe you that without making you feel grievous. If you make your child feel grievous about being your child, that's a provoking. That's a provoking, that's haughty, that's not humility. That is not what the word tells us on how to train up our kids. We gotta have the standard of the word on even raising our kids. Cause if not, that's a provoking, that, that's, that's a provoking. That's a provoking. And and the word says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That that comes from the Lord. And some of us have gotten so haughty because we probably learned it because we probably heard someone else said it. Because we probably thought that was the standard because we probably thought it was necessary. And we've been jacked up in our parenting and you owe your kids an apology. You, oh, and, and I'm gonna be real, even in listening to this broadcast, some of you want to apologize them and you, and if, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you if you don't make some adjustments, if you don't make some adjustments, you're going to, this relationship that needs to be dealt with at your house first. If the, you don't make some adjustments, you're not going to ever have the relationship. There's always going to be strife. The devil is always going to use that relationship to come back. Now, if you have a kid that continues to remind you after you sincerely apologize, repented and change your ways of all the past, that's a situation you got to leave before the Lord. If you want a good space, if you wipe the slate clean, if you've already done absolutely everything that you need to do, then it's not on you anymore. And then you leave the responsibility of the mending and the healing of the relationship on the Lord. And you just keep watering that relationship with love. You just keep watering that relationship with prayer. So that I want to show you this Proverbs 15 and one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The reason that I'm bringing this is because a lot of us yell at our kids. We're sarcastic with our kids. We're smug with our kids. We talk to our kids any kind of way. We've allowed our lips to be loose. You can discipline your kids. And some of y'all are going to be like, you don't know my kid. Well, the reason that they're way is because you raised them that way. You can discipline your kid without screaming, yelling, cussing them out, uh, mentally manipulating them, trying to guilt them into feeling you will have. You can do it. The word tells us a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh Word stirs up anger. You can do it. I promise you, you can do it. You just got to You just gotta figure out and say to yourself, I haven't been doing this right. Man, I haven't been doing this right. I haven't been doing this right. Like, I haven't been doing this right. Oh, my God. Forgive me. I need y'all to forgive me. I need y'all to forgive me. And, I, I, and we'll say, well, I was just being the best parent I was. Okay, that's good. You were being the best parent you are. But now you got some new information. Hold yourself accountable in the word. Make some adjustments and some changes or you're going to continue to see these same repetitive relationships and broken relationships with your kids. Look, 2 Timothy 3:16 of scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Take it to the word. Take it to the word. Take even your raising of your kids. To the word. There's gotta be some instruction. And for those of y'all that have no discipline and no dis instruction, you gotta get some discipline and instruction and that starts when they're little boundaries and putting the things in place. Will kids straight? Yes. Perfect example. Judy came on here, he taught with me. He taught with me, right? Y'all saw him. We talked, we had good conversation. The very day. That he got he got in trouble and he got sent to the principal's office when he got to the principal's office. The principal asked him, why are you so calm? Had it not been for our conversation earlier that day, it may have went differently. And what I know for sure was that the enemy came for the word. So he acted up in school after he prayed for self-control for the parents. He didn't have self-control. He gets to the principal's office and she says to him, but remember earlier, he said, I'm scared of my mom. He was not afraid of me when he got in the car. He had, I had cleared the air that he could talk to me about whatever. I had cleared the air that you could talk to me about whatever. He gets in trouble at school. He goes to the principal's office. He gets to the principal and she says, why are you so calm? He said, are you not afraid of what your mom's gonna do he said no actually i'm not he said here's what my this is what he told the principal and i and she i asked him i said what happened he said she just get quiet oh that's good that's good that's good Jamaica. i said he just got quiet and i said to him i said what did you tell her he said i told her my mom is going to first of all my mom is going to ask me what happened He says, second, she's going to come around and tell me I'm disappointed in your behavior. I'm never disappointed in him. And I'm very clear in my words with my kids. I'm disappointed in your behavior. I'm not disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in the behavior for this moment. And he said, she's going to be disappointed in my behavior. She's going to tell me there's going to be consequences for my actions. And we're going to talk it out. And by the time he had got in the car, I said, hey, buddy, you had a good day? He got in the car and he said, no, ma'am, I did not. I said, tell me what happened. He told me what happened. I said to him, I said, I'm disappointed in your behavior. I said, and there's going to be some consequences for you. I said, what happened? Said, My birthday was coming, and I just was happy. I like, I just been so happy. And I, I said, okay, but happiness doesn't equal that we get to be out of self-control. We talked through it, and I said, Judah, this is so funny. I said, because as soon as we got through teaching, the test came. As soon as we got through teaching, the tests came. So how we respond to this determines what the enemy can play with and what he can do. I responded in love, never raised my voice to him. As a matter of fact, he punished himself for the next two weeks. I said, you, you need to punish yourself. There's a punishment coming. What's the punishment? He said, no tablet, no telephone. For the next two weeks, he put himself on punishment. He had to turn in his tablet. He had to turn his telephone in. He surrendered those things to himself. And then when we we went on, but because we didn't let the enemy take over this situation, because we didn't let the enemy take over this situation. Right. The relationship was preserved and saved. you've got to be concerned about healthy relationships with your kids as well. You got to, the the way we've been taught about raising our kids and rearing our kids in those relationships, your kids should be able to come to you and say anything. Like you gotta go back, have I left the door open for them to be able to talk to me about sex? Have I left the door open for them to be able to talk to me about drugs? What if I have a child that um, has a way of living that I don't necessarily agree with? Have I left the door open for them to be able to come to me and talk to me about everything? Because whether or not the lifestyle, whether whatever they got going on, lines up with the Bible. Whether it does or not, you're still quali- you're still required. Love is a commandment to love them. First Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. Kind, thoughtful. All of that stuff applies to your kids too. And I think that's where we've been missing it. All of that stuff applies to your kids, too. And I think that's where we've been missing it. And because a lot of us have been dysfunctional in love and how we handle relationships and we try to CEO and teacher and do all that at home. And we forget that love is the commandment. Grace is the way. Then I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's just a change. So y'all, some of y'all do your kids an apology today. I'm just I love y'all. But some of y'all, I had to do it. It was sobering. It was hard. It takes humility. And some of you, even if you don't know you've done something wrong, may just need to send a general text, especially if you got multiple kids saying, Look, I've recognized, and I may not even know all the ways, that there are some ways in life I may have failed you. There may have been some ways I may have failed you. I made poor decisions that affected you. I'm going to take accountability for those right now. And I'm going to tell you, you know what? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for not centering myself and really raising you or loving you the way that God told me to love you. I'm supposed to love you according to your purpose. I'm supposed to love you pure, lovely, and of good report. I'm supposed to think the best of you, even when your behavior has been outside of that. Like even if your behavior has been outside of that. Yeah, Ronald. Yes. Love is the commandment and grace is the way that that's that's how we're supposed to raise our own kids. And can I tell you something? I'm big about this in the household. You cannot work in an environment, extend love to other people outside the house. and You don't operate in some of that same love and grace in the house. You're a hypocrite. I mean, I'm just being real. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. If you got all this love going on outside the house, you got all this support going on outside the house, you everything to everyone else, you're not being the same thing in the house, man, you're a hypocrite. You're you a hypocrite. I was being a hypocrite. When the Lord showed me that, I was mentoring, loving on other kids. I was being a hypocrite. I was being a hypocrite. Because that same grace, that same respect, if I can go to work and I let a paycheck, Whole how I treat somebody else, then I that then I <laughs> let the fact to know that God is provider. God is my source, and I need to be pleasing to God in every way and in every relationship, cause that's important to God. That's that's important to God. Even with how we handle our kids, care what they act like. They're acting like that for a reason, and they're probably because they're the product and source of who we are. So you want to see something different, you're going to have to sow seeds. I told you, for every negative word you said, it takes seven positive words to change that. So think about the words that you said. Curse those. You, you can pluck those words up. Father, I rescind those words. I render those no words no void, useless, brought to no effect. But I'm telling you, those negative seeds that you planted through words, you're going to have to come back with some apology. And some difference. If you want to see the relationship between you and your kids different and change. If you don't think it matters, it will matter. And your kids will be somewhere having a crisis later because whatever that you missed, what they needed in the house, because you wouldn't stop and slow and paying attention because pride got her in the way. Well, guess what? That's it for the day I think that's enough if you need us to pray for you please log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com prayer-request we long to serve you and to pray for you for more information oh I do I did a whole series it's on my thing I did a whole day on blended family I I lived in a blended family they can work they can work successfully go to my um, coffee and conversations I did a real talk with LMJ It's on my podcast as well on blended families. I did a whole series and talked about blended families. I lived in a blended family. I was raised in a blended family and they can be super successful. You just got to make sure that God is first in everything that you're doing and taking your own biasness of out of the way. So more information, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com. Hey, don't forget we're, I thank you. I was getting, um, see into the ministry. Don't forget. We got a family. We're sponsoring for Christmas, um, five kids, two amazing parents, and we just want to make this Christmas everything for them. So LakeishaMJohnson.com backslash. So give or cash app us at just being LMJ. Hey, this Wednesday, this Wednesday on Real Talk with LMJ, Mark Edwards and I are going to talk about social media and dating. This topic is necessary. Y'all know Real Talk is a little bit different. but We're going to talk about social media and dating, how social media has changed dating, how it's plaguing dating. This is going to be some real, real conversation on Wednesday. So go ahead and set you an alarm on your phone for Real Talk with LMJ, I promise you that is going to be something else. If you're looking to book me, that's booking at JustBeingLMJ.com. And you guys know what I'm about to say. I love y'all. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. And that love needs to start first in your house. That love needs to start first in your house. If you're unsure how to love the people you connected to, get in your Bible. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8. Put the word on it. Put the scripture on it. Read it over yourself five times a day if your love walk is what you struggle with. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth runs out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance love endures through every circumstance that's wednesday at 12 noon love endures through every every circumstance i love y'all get subscribed thank you for tuning into our podcast if you would like more information about lmj ministries log on to lakeisha today